0: This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest philosophers to your fingertips. With more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more, The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now... For a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Secret Life of Words, English Words, and Their Origins. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North America and all the ships at sea. This is Philip Terzian, the literary editor of the Weekly Standard, with my weekly podcast about the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week we are looking at the July 20th issue of the Standard. And the first piece in the section is a review by Daniel Lee of uh, a book from the University of North Carolina Press, with a slightly quirky subject but I found very interesting. The book is entitled Dixie Highway, Road Building and the Making of the Modern South, 1900 to 1930. Uh, the Dixie Highway still exists in archaeological form, but it was an, an idea generated around the turn of the century um, um, by businessmen in sunny Florida and in uh, parts of the upper south and the midwest and so on the idea being that there needed to be a relatively sophisticated road that would connect um, uh, Florida uh, especially coastal Florida the sort of vacationers Florida with the rest of the country and the idea was originally generated um, uh, about 1915 or so and coincided, of course, with the what we might call the automobilization of America, both the Florida land boom of that era <coughs> excuse me and the and the explosive growth of of the automobile in America coincided nicely and so the Dixie highway um was was a public private but largely public project to build this um, modern uh, two-lane uh, uh, brick highway to connect uh, Miami Beach and uh, places like that with um, Indiana, Michigan, um, as well as places like Kentucky and, and, and the Northeast. Anyway, the full project never was um, uh, fully realized, although the roads, some roads, were built, and and the Dixie Highway in various forms still exists today, partly in a state of of kind of archeological preservation, but also other roads have superseded it. Um, but it was the first really major um, national road since um, Route 1 and the Lincoln Highway uh, earlier uh, to connect one part, one region of America with the other. So it's an interesting, uh, it's, interesting because it's a slightly for- forgotten aspect of American history and how um, American commerce and, and the growth of the country uh, proceeded Uh, in the early 20th century, which we don't really think about too much anymore, and and also, to some degree, how things happen um, uh, by private initiative as much as as public. That is followed by a review of a new novel. Um, The reviewer is Parker Bauer. The novel is Singularity by Christopher Bryan, Christopher Bryan is a a, a former a retired uh, professor of theology at Sewanee, the University of the South, and this is a kind of um, singularity is is a kind of fascinating um, utopian slash theological novel. Um, anyone with a even a even a glancing knowledge of, of of religion will find echoes, and of course, those of you who are interested in in I hesitate to use the word science fiction, but um, uh, imaginative literature with a capital I, we will find this a very um, interesting and diverting novel, Singularity, by Christopher Bryan from Diamond Press. And speaking of theology, um, Mark Tooley, who's president of the Institute on Religion and Democracy here in Washington, um, reviews a book um, entitled A Change of Heart, a personal and theological memoir by... Thomas C. Oden. Thomas C. Oden is a is a retired uh, Methodist uh, theologian and churchman. Uh, the interest of the of the essay, and to some degree the interest of the book, is that Oden began um, in uh, Oden is now, I, th- I think, in his eighties. Began uh, as a theologian, as a, a liberal, and over time uh, evolved slowly but surely uh, rightward. Um, and is now, if not necessarily a political conservative, is a theological uh, conservative, um, and a defender of what we might call orthodoxy, not just in Methodism, but in Protestantism and Christianity generally. So it's a kind of um, apologia pro vita sua, um, but with a, a uh, Methodist twist, and in American terms. Um, Odin is a very engaging writer, and Mark Tooley, of course, is is uniquely uh, um, uh, suited to explain this to readers of the Weekly Standard. I hope you will find it of interest. That is followed by a, a, an interesting book, which I I couldn't resist. The reviewer is Henrik Bering, um, and the book is entitled A Royal Experiment, The Private Life of King George the III by Janice Hadler. We've been, uh, we're, we're not too far removed from our, July 4th celebrations. And this time of year, Americans uh, are, it's really one of the few times of the year that Americans give much thought uh, to um, the English monarchy and to our last king in particular. And um, one of the points of, of, of Janice Hadlow's book is that um, George Third is a far more complicated, and therefore far more interesting figure than the distant tyrant that we always, uh, who we always depict around the time of the 4th of July. Of course, George was a far more, um, shall we say, nuanced and subtle and interesting figure than we like to think. His attitude toward the colonies was immensely complicated. As I've often said, the the argument between North America and Great Britain was not really between us and the king, but between us and the English parliament. Uh, We weren't really rebelling against monarchy so much as as we wanted, we the colonists of the day regarded themselves as as freeborn Englishmen and wanted Parliament to recognize them as such and some indeed um, uh, thought the king might be uh, uh, our ally in that regard, so anyway, it's an interesting book it 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 uh, magnifies and deepens our understanding not only of George the Third, who's very interesting for both personal and political reasons but of course the early history of the American Republic. Um, that is followed by a, a fascinating essay by Jeremy Bernstein. Jeremy Bernstein is a, a physicist by profession, but a longtime time uh, contributor to the New Yorker, and it's it's a it's an essay about James Salter, the American novelist who just died last month. And I I, I don't want to explain the the plot so much, but um, 40 years ago, Jeremy Bernstein had a what we might call an intellectual encounter with with uh, James Salter involving a, a kind of spectacular story that occurred in in Europe in the mid-1960s and Salter's desire to turn that into a movie starring Robert Redford. So we have meetings between our author, Jeremy Bernstein, and James Salter, and then meetings between the two of them and Robert Redford himself in his apartment in New York. It's a, it's a very interesting and amusing and to some degree instructive essay and memoir that mr bernstein has written i was delighted and fortunate to get it and i think you will find it very interesting reading uh, uh john podhoratz's movie review this week is of uh the new animated film from uh uh pixar entitled inside out um which is the uh i uh depicts an 11-year-old girl, um, both as she appears to the world and as, um, as she is depicted from literally from her inside, a sort of uh, um, fantastic voyage in animated form. Uh, anyway, John's essay, as always, um, uh, no matter what he may think of the movie, the way he uh, describes his thought process is really what makes it a pleasure to read. I know you will enjoy it as well. I have enjoyed very much describing the July 20th issue of the Books and Arts section of the July 20th issue of the Weekly Standard to you, and I very much look forward to talking to you about our next issue next week. Thank you very much.